It's time for Dodger baseball. Bang! Bang! Oh, what a shot from Curry! There it goes! See ya! The sports department at WFUV and the history behind it are a story largely untold. That is, until now. The voices that have shaped the student-run station for the last seven decades dive into their time at Rose Hill. This is the Off the Air Podcast, the legacy of WFUV Sports. Welcome into another edition of Off the Air. I'm Sam Davis here with Ryan Gregory. We are going to be joined by John Kelly Jr., a 2009 Fordham grad, WFUV grad as well. Ryan, super pumped to talk with another FUV grad here from Fordham, a guy that came through through FUV just like we did. I'm super excited to take some time to talk with John. 100% Sam, off the air is one of the best things we do. I've always said that. I love just getting to talk with the alums because you know they come here, they do the same things that we're doing, Sam, and then they all go to different places. Fascinating careers, John for sure has a very interesting career path. So I'm really looking forward to getting into that with him. Yeah, I mean, I'm looking at like, you know, some of the things he did at FUV and I'm like, wow, you know, we're doing the same exact things. And that's a really cool feeling to, to see that with a number of these guys in the industry, like you said, kind of branching out to a bunch of different careers, like we'll talk about with John. But at the same time, they all started from very similar roots, obviously at FUV, in Keating Hall, you know, at the Rose Hill Studios, really working from there. So I'm super excited to get into that with him because That really is just so interesting to me to learn. And I think it really helps us as well, not only as interesting for Fordham grads and for Fordham in general, but also for us to learn about, hey, you know, how did a guy like John or how did someone break into the industry through Fordham and through FUV in particular? Yeah, obviously, you know, the goal of this is to inform everyone and everything like that. But, you know, for us, I think it's really interesting to kind of get perspective from someone in the industry who's done a lot of different things. I mean, we'll get into it, but there was a point where he's calling games, he's producing games, he was doing everything behind the scenes, on air, and now is an SID. That's a very interesting thing I want to get into. So always to get a chance with someone who has a great perspective to kind of pick their brain, what worked for them, what didn't, always something I look forward to in these kind of interviews. John Kelly Jr., like I said, 2009 Fordham grad, WFUV grad, the director of sports information at the Borough of Manhattan Community College. That's his current job. He's got a lot of stuff going on in the past, like you mentioned, with play-by-play experience. So super excited to talk to John. Let's Let's have a talk here with John Kelly Jr. joined by John Kelly Jr. John, how are you doing today? I'm very good, Sam. How are you? Ryan, good to speak with you. Doing very well. Thank you so much for taking some time. I want to jump in, of course, to your days at Fordham, to your days at FUV. Uh, You know, flashback a little bit for me. Talk to me about some of the better memories you had at Fordham, especially at FUV. Well, it's, you know, interesting at FUV when I was there, Bob Aarons was there, Sam, and, you know, I came in as a junior which, uh, you know, it, it is really a very competitive uh, network. I think Bobby C. Fiardi, who runs your division now, allows upperclassmen to be more involved. So it was, it was really, it was a lot of fun, but it was also really competitive. And I think that made me better. I mean, I, I entered as a junior. This, this one thing I love about FUV sports, you become a jack of all trades. And I've seen it with what you guys have built on since I've been there. I mean, 
engineering. You know, that's where you start. You understand the board, <laughs> how, to, how to upload and, you know, cut you know, audio, which has helped me over, over my life and video as well. Uh, so that's how I started out. And, uh, you know, really kind of banging down doors. I think you know, with Bob, I, I started with doing updates. I didn't really get a chance to do play-by-play. My time at FUV, I would consider to being uh, in Paris in the 20s from an entertainment standpoint. Uh, Ryan Rucco was there when I was there. Justin Shackle, a guy that you had on who I really enjoyed, uh, Dan Duva, uh, New Jerseyite like me. And uh, I got a lot of Devil's Beat reporting jobs from him because he was obviously going on bigger and better. And we love Doc Emmerich. So, you know, obviously a lot of talent. I could, I could name them all day. A lot of them there that were very talented, but also that made me better. It's one of my favorite memories at FUV, being around guys that are super talented. I like that environment. I like working in that environment. It makes you better. If you listen to them, you feel at the end of the day, yeah, you know, I'm competing. It's not really competition to me. You know, it really is making me better. And I learned a lot from everybody uh, during my time. And, you know, talking about memories, we'll have a couple, if that's okay to share with you. Of course. Um, you know, one thing I really love about you know, WFUV is, again, the sports is, is really not the big driver there. It's about music. And their music's phenomenal. Um, and I really enjoyed working the membership drives. I know, I'm not sure if that's a requirement of you guys, but... Uh, the best part about it, in addition to the food that they serve you, is really sitting and really kind of, you know, listening to a lot of these music people, a lot of stories they have. Uh, lots, one of them was telling me about Jimi Hendrix, you know, a couple other artists. One day, uh, they, uh, they had an artist come in live into the studio, and we got to be the background noise, which was really cool. Uh, so that was, you know, every time I thought about the membership drive, I always, always think of, like, things are music-wise and just a family-oriented is one of my favorite memories about that place from sports to the news. George is not there anymore, but he was phenomenal. We had a great relationship with the news department. Uh, my other favorite memory, i got to tell you, you, you're hosting one-on-one this week, Sam. I, it's another thing I enjoyed. I enjoyed one-on-ones, whether I was uh, the B host or engineering. A lot of fun. A lot of fun to get big-time names like a Kenny Albert, somebody on the phone. Oh, we got Kenny, you know, as Bob would say, and, you know, patch him in. Uh, being being there and you know listening to all the uh, stories that they'd have. I mean, I'm not sure if you uh, do minor. I know you do. Do you still do life in the minors? That was always. Yeah, we just brought it back for the first time since COVID. Oh man, great! That's a great segment, you know. And uh, it'd be, I at the time, really, from my memories, really appreciated moving up when I was a B host. The last year of my senior year, I did the draft show. We couldn't go to the draft, but uh, I was there with uh, Brian Clark, who's done a lot of work for the uh, U.S. Open. It was fun to really kind of you know, always hear those. And I, that was that was my kind of my break in to the updates, the B host. In a short amount of time, I really, really thank FUV for giving me that that opportunity. And B reporting was another memory I really enjoyed. I mean, I uh, got to cover a lot of interesting events. And I'll tell you both this, which is interesting about memory. I, you know, I'm not sure how you do the beat reporting and then you set up the or divvy it out, as I would say. But I had to cover the Islanders. Bad timing. I covered them the year that they got the first round pick and they got John Tavares. So that was after the year after I was very disappointed. I'd rather would have watched them John Tavares than uh, what they were going through, but well, uh, they dry- probably weren't very good considering they had the, the number one overall pick. <laughs> no, no, it was, uh, it was tough. Stan Fischler was very nice to me back then. Uh, you know, we were, we, we would talk about this. He's like, you know, do, do you think they should go? Do you think they should do this or that? Uh, but you know, it, it was a lot of fun being out there, but that beat reporting opportunity was a lot of fun. I got to learn the whole Islanders organization and it's a phenomenal organization. And, you know, uh, I, I'm, I'm just saying I'm from a history standpoint, guys, I'm not talking about uh, ownership. I don't really want to get into that. I mean, there's enough stories on that, but it, it really was fun to learn about all the four Stanley cups they won, uh, the names. And uh, it, again, 
just walking around the area. That's one of my favorite things about beat reporting, seeing all these people, how he rose. Um, I'm a diehard devil fan. And I give a shout out to your two devils reporters who I love. Well, I listen to nonstop because they're so positive about our team. <laughs> and I wish I could have had a little bit of that when I was there because it was hard with the Islanders. It was hard to do a beat reports, but I, I got to see Doc Emmerich, met Sam Rosen, probably one of my favorite memories there in that very tough <laughs> Ranger rivalry. As you know, it's very similar to the Devils and Ranger rivalry, but you know a little bit more history there and beating all those people and being around it. But it helped because it allowed me to beat reports for the Devils, who I love, and just being you know behind the scenes, getting that you know the sound, you know sitting up there talking stories, meeting the players, a lot of fun. But uh, if I had my top memory at FUV. I'm a big hockey and football guy with spring training. And I'm not sure. Do you guys get to do that? I'll tell you why it's my favorite memory. So, of course, me being kind of a a dreamer, as always, (laughs) I I told Bob, I have a buddy who just was at, I just recently was married at my wedding. um, And and, uh, he was in Maine, but now he lived in California. I'm "I'm going to go cover the Oakland A's. And Bob's like, we don't have credentials to the Oakland Athletics. And, And we had already kind of stacked well, I thought because Brian Clark covered the Phillies, someone was already with uh, Port St. Lucie with the Mets, and then obviously Legends Field with the Yankees. So um, he said, you know, our owner, uh, one of the big donors to the, the uh, FUV is Stewart. Uh, I forgot his last name, but he's the owner of the Rays. So he said, would you want to cover the Tampa Bay Devil Rays? They're off a World Series. I said, sure. Um, and really fun. Probably my best reporting experience ever was be reporting for spring training. It's, it's just so different than anything. It's really your, your intimate, really with the players, almost an intimate type of thing. I mean, really, you, you get to go in the clubhouse. I mean, yes, Nets and Yankees, but this is different to me. This is not a regular season. Everyone's trying to, you know, divvy up. Are they going to send a guy up, down, this or that? You get to really, you know, the players bring their kids in. There was a guy closed for the Angels. Uh, Troy Percival was there at the time. They brought him in. Uh, you know, he was there with his kids to see him and his kids kind of, you know, play around. Pat Burrell played for the Phillies. They came in there and played a little bit. He had this dip bowl, uh, chewing tobacco that someone had bought him. So I interviewed him about that. Uh, you know, uh, uh, kind of a risque magazine Carl Crawford had. I don't know why he's like, uh, he was talking about that. Uh, and just very interesting all around. I mean, Evan Longoria didn't really have, he was a great player, but didn't have as much. But you learn so much about these things, things that you really can't, you know, obviously talk about on the air, but things that, you know, more or less I really enjoyed about it and really, Really a great organization, loved the media people. It was fun, you know, and, it, and at that time, really, it was, it was, I was, I was probably at that facility more than ever because uh, staying in Port Charlotte, 30 miles down the road there in Florida, uh, not much going on. So they almost had to kick me out of the facility. It was a lot, a lot of, a lot of fun for me. It's something I'll always remember. Right. And you mentioned something in there, jack of all trades that you get at WFUV. I was wondering in your professional experience as an SID or whatever it may be, how kind of learning all those different skill sets, even if there wasn't, you know, a particular thing in your job that you did learning the different things at FUV, how that kind of helps for us, for every student that leaves FUV and maybe give a step up on other people trying to apply for the same jobs. How do you think learning all those different areas and aspects has helped you in your career for whatever you've done? I think it's essential, Ryan. I I really see it as a necessity. And, you know, I think that was the best thing about FUV I remembered. You're not going to be on the air the first time. Now, again, it depends on where you go. A lot of, I mean, I, I always tell people Fordham's best in the country. I don't want to hear it. It's just because I'm an alum. But also, I think having to learn that stuff and the competitive nature. You know, Sam, you're, you're very good at what you do. Ryan, very good at what you do. 
you know, you have to learn everything. And I think that's really how you're going to survive in a media market today. Uh, and, you know, from learning how to cut uh, audio, that was humongous for me. When I was starting out doing some small high school radio stuff, I did all the promotions at the Merchant Marine Academy. I mean, knowing how to cut all that audio, how to put like music, they, they had dead air. I put music in the background. You're now joining, you know, uh, Merchant Marine Basketball or something like that. But learning how to cut audio, put that together, MP3 file, huge. It changed everything. They went from just the regular stream, as you see on these D3s, that they turn off the mic, to you made it a little bit better. I think that's really the jack of all trades thing. You could be just that bit better. Yes, it gives you the leg up professionally, maybe, but you could do just that that much better. And I think uh, that's something really that helps you. I mean, listen, I wanted to be the next, you know, Doc Emmerich. I love play-by-play. I mean, I still get paid to do it here, there, but, you know, I enjoy the the beginnings of FUV, that cutting, that video cutting. I do a lot of video production uh, now at Borough Manhattan Community College. While I was at, you know, the Monroe Express, they had hype videos I would do. And you, you just end up learning so much more and it becomes more fun. I mean, uh, you know, not everyone gets a great Joe Dabari like you guys do as an SID. Giving him a shout. I love, love Joe. Yes. Um, and Ryan Ulick, who I had a nice trip with to Washington, D.C. Bring bring that subject up to him one day and he'll, <laughs> we had a good time. Uh, but both of them do great work, but not everywhere you're going to go. Say if a jack of all trades, and especially from a preparation standpoint, are you going to get that type of SID work where you get those game notes? You're going to have to really work. You're going to really have to dig um, for a lot of things. I think a lot of the D3 conferences, I was in the Skyline, they do great work. Um, and a lot of Centennial, uh, the NJAC do great work. You're not going to have that ability, though, if you were to go to start out another place. So really shows the hard work, it, it builds into other things, but especially behind the scenes knowing how to run a board, knowing how to <laughs> set up all that engineering stuff. I mean, I, I knew how to do all that. And it helped me now in my job. And right now, which was different from when I graduated, guys, that's that's probably going to give you a monstrous leg up, knowing video streaming, capture card. I, I like Mac. I really don't want to have to get a Thunderbolt to do video streaming. But if you know how to do that, you understand the type of camera you need, you know, uh, Wi-Fi, you know, if you can get enough money for a jetpack, it's a lot of money. But he's, I'm already going over equipment. That was really how I started FUV, being behind the scenes. And, you know, that's where I tell people, that's why I loved it there, because I learned that stuff. And I wouldn't be talking to you guys today if I didn't, because, yes, you know, you could sit there and do critiques and play-by-play, but if you know a few other things, you're golden. I did all my own engineering when I was at the Merch Marines. I did all of it myself, not a problem. And then Joe Guster, the SID, a little shout-out to him, helped me out to kind of understand the whole video streaming and it's helped. And this is an industry that I'll tell you both, the, both of you, the more you know, the better. And in the SID world, trust me, you really, the, the better you know about this, the easier it is. And of course, I'll teach you one, both of you guys, something about athletics. Money is obviously, <laughs> as we just off the, uh, this interview talked about conference expansion, knowing that and knowing equipment and pricing also helps you get a leg up that, you know, hey, I can get so-and-so a capture card, a camera. I could do this and that for under, you know, 400, 300 bucks. They like that. So that's the other thing. Yeah, John, to emphasize that before I, you know, jump jump to my next question, I really do agree. I think, you know, Ryan and I have both talked about this as well, about how important it is to, you know, really work on the whole process in terms of, you know, both both Ryan and I are, are beat reporters and how it's not just about, you know, uh, writing a story or it's not just about editing it. It's about doing the whole thing. It's about really putting that whole package together. Um, and I know you mentioned you know, your time reporting. I'm just curious, is there any particular sporting event? I know you mentioned spring training, but any particular event that you covered at FUV, it could be Fordham sports. It could be, you know, any sort of professionals in the area that you remember most that you are either proud of covering or really just had a great time doing. 
Um, okay, I'll give you guys this. Uh, the arena football time. That was my first ever beat. I'd have to say that. Listen, at the end of the day, uh, covering the Devils, I, I got sound. I mean, um, and all the history, I think, was written by about 2009, guys. <laughs> After 2003, 95, uh, Mar- Mar- you know, I, get, I wasn't going to do something on Marty's big win. I was actually working. Bob offered me to go work that game, but I was in Florida at the time. Beat reporting for the, um, for the New York Dragons at, at going out to Nassau Coliseum. You know why I was, very, I was very proud of it? Because as Dr. Dre said in the defiance, I put my body, my mind, everything into that. From you know, from the coaches' interviews to the player interviews, trying to break down things in the arena football. You'll get that in a sec. But everything, cutting, sound, all this, and then making sure the music matched up. You know, I, I'm they still have that booth. You guys go in, you record your uh, your. Yeah, I was just uh, in there the other day. I would take that Ryan any day over <laughs> trying to knock out sound and these other things. That's always something I'm worried about. Always like, oh God, is there something in the background? I get on this, my 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 wife is telling me I'm out of the room today. I don't want any background sound. You always tell me about that. But doing all of that and really the time it took, I wasn't guys. I was not the best audio cutter. In fact, actually, I had no idea to do it. Uh, it really it's helped me. It's even helped me from matching a video to audio, you know, knowing the waves and things like that. So I put all my effort into it and I was excited because I, I work every week. I'm like, I want to be better. I want to be better. I want to be better. So because, you know, if Lou Baricelli works with MLB right now, uh, it, you know, was on the air. I wanted him to say thank you, John. And eventually I got the shout outs. It was nice um, but that it was only honed down guys to I think about a minute or, or two. So. A lot of work, but something I was always proud of. And to mention the AFL, so I ended up going and covering one of the playoff games. Uh, in I don't know why this didn't come up in the last question. Sorry. I, but uh, got to cover them playing the Philadelphia Soul. Ron Jaworski was a part owner at the time. And I went. To, I got to go down there. I, I went down to the whole Philly sports complex, into the Wells Fargo Center. And, uh, folks, to everyone who's tuning in, if you've ever – and I'm a New York sports fan, but if you've ever – been intimidated about an empty arena, just go to the Wells Fargo Center. Step up into that booth and really see empty. It's very different than it is on screen. It was maybe, and maybe 9,000 people are there and that my ears are ringing. That's how loud that building is. Just imagine when the Flyers have a fold for a playoff game. Uh, but being there, they, there was a controversial ruling. Seoul won the game about two seconds left. And you know, just having to add that in my beat report, having to wait, for the cut for the AF, the arena football league to come back with you know this ruling. Now I knew it wasn't going to go the New York Dragons way, but another thing why I enjoyed that beat reporting. It was really, it was really you're really getting out facts that people don't know. And you know I took something out of that to my time announcing in D three. And a lot of my wife always gets upset with me. Why are you doing eight hours of prep? Well, three hours of it is something people may not know. Okay, we're not talking here about you know I guess a good former player got to. All going to be all four of them guys. Okay. Like a guy like Chase Edmonds. Well, no one's going to really like you really, you guys are going to highlight a lot about Chase Edmonds. He's a heck of a player, but no one's going to know a, a kid, a D three level lacrosse guy that may have been, you know, a, a, the record setter in goals at Morristown high. You know, that was other, that's what I learned from the beat reporting. All those little tidbits help. I think there's no, I think the guy who really probably put some sprinkles on the best was Doc Emmerich. He finds a way to do it. He says, obviously prepare, don't bring everything in your briefcase. I don't, but just that little bit of extra, not, you know, information guys, always kind of important to and that beat reporting. I have, I'm very proud of those New York uh, uh, dragon beat reports. I still have them on CD too. So. Mm-hmm. Maybe we'll have to listen to that sometime. Um, 
you mentioned joining as a junior for FUV, and I was sure. curious for someone out there who, let's say, they're going into junior year, senior year, even software, whatever it may be, they have interest in WFUV. They're on the fence. What would you kind of say to someone to push them to join, just based on your experience and how everything unraveled for you? I think it's a great question, Ryan. And I would say, join it now. If you're passionate, you will get a chance to succeed. I think, uh, and I have to give a shout out. I know you have a new athletic director, but the one previous one really has done a great thing for FUV sports. I think he's really allowed the operation to expand outside of football, basketball. Let's not forget, you know, women's softball is very good at Florida. Okay, let's not forget about that. You know, I'm, I'm pumping my Rams in, in addition to FUV today. But softball, baseball, uh, you know, football, basketball, and, and, of course, soccer, which I was, uh, you know, a, 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 um, I guess a color guy on soccer. But he's expanded other sports. And I think that, that really has helped FUV grow. That's why you really want to join. You know, so you have a chance in volleyball, too, I'm sure you put up there. So you're not going to sit there and say, I really tell the kid, listen, you want to learn some play by play? You know, try volleyball. The demo in volleyball is a good chance you may get a chance to call that. Guys, that's one of my favorite sports to announce volleyball. I don't believe in the Olympic way of doing it. I believe in the Emmerich way of doing it. And there's a, a guy I know, Jason Garrett, who showed me how to do that. A chance to learn swimming. You're, that's really what I tell him. You, you have more opportunities to learn other sports. And then that speed of that sport is going to help you with other sports from a standpoint of preparing. You know, volleyball, no different than basketball. You have six people on the court, a little bit more than basketball on a number standpoint, but, you know, how they're set up helps from a prep thing, how you set your charts. Uh, I think that's another reason they should be there. Plus, really, I got to say this, the biggest sell I have to say, once you get a chance to cover those professional sports, uh, it's an experience you'll never forget. I got to tell you, when I graduated, it didn't feel the same. Working in the industry, I mean, until I really got the NCAAs, uh, really didn't feel the same. Didn't feel the same grind, people you know in the business. I mean, it was a lot of fun. Think about it. You have a chance to really learn from some of the best, you know, in the business. A Mike Breen, who, you know, when I was first starting out in basketball, you know, critiqued one of my tapes. And I finally got the audio correct, guys, because it was blasting. So no one could ever hear it properly uh, from an engineering standpoint. said, great work. You know, just to, if you have that chance, and you really work hard just to hear that one thing. I still have a relationship with Dave Sims. Uh, the Seattle broadcaster. And that, that's after FUV. He thought I was quite good. So it, it really, really is, a, if you work hard, it's fun. You guys are great. The environment's fun. I would say that you, you really don't understand. The more you put into it, if you really want to be there, you're going to get something out of it. And that's, listen, are you going to be the next you know broadcaster on ESPN radio? No. But what you get out of it and the contacts you get out of it, okay, are really something that really will help you down the road. And I've always... Gotta tell you, I'm the first guy to call FUV if anyone needs an announcer. Because to be honest with you, you guys know what you're doing, okay? And it's a Fordham thing. And everybody, I gave Emmanuel Barbary an opportunity. He's too good. <laughs> He's in Siena now. But uh, you know what? I my sister was getting married. I was the merch marine guy. He did the soccer game, and I've taken stuff from him. I'm like, wow, he mentioned the weather. God, you know, you know what I mean? So you really, really it was good. And then I have another person help me on the CUNY championships and. I did that, guys. Another reason to join, tell your students that on campus why they should join, because people help each other. I had a chance to intern at MLB because of uh, another guy on the staff. And it was, you know, at that time, you look for money standpoint, 600 a month as a college kid. It was great. You know, okay, was I breaking down old tapes of frosted mini wheats with uh, Ken Griffey Jr., which I found fun in some of these old commercials. Yeah, but a lot of fun. And I would not have had that opportunity if I wasn't at FUV. So that's why really they should join. Listen, 
I think as a sophomore, junior, I think you have a better chance to get on there or really get better experience. When I was there, I was there as a junior. And at the same point, there weren't as many sports. More sports equal more opportunities. And as an SID, guys, (laughs) occasionally there can be an eye roll with me because that's a little extra time away, but it it helps. It helps helps from enrollment. It helps the the school's name. And it will help FEV sports. So I really – that's why I think kids really should be there. There's more sports, more opportunities. And, you know, but I'm really very impressed with everyone that's put out. This is the Off the Air podcast with John Kelly Jr. As much as the three of us could talk about FUV basically all day, uh, <laughs> I do want to get into to some of the stuff in your career so far. You mentioned SID. Can you just you know take us through kind of the day-to-day uh, of your role as an SID currently? Yeah, sure. Um, you know, it'd be interesting to see. I want you to share this with Joe Dabari, what I do. I, again, I most SIDs really ever since the pandemic have worked from home. And so, you know, to me... Yeah, the first thing about SID, they're going to make you be in the office three or four days a week. Right now, I returned to Borough Manhattan Community College just based on the fact that from a commuting standpoint, I wanted to make sure I get all my work done. That's being an SID is all about time management. You know, uh, I only have six sports. OK, you know, I, I had 14 or 15 uh, with JV teams, which is a waste of time. But still, when you have more sports, you need to really manage and have more time. My day to day, I'll get up at 637. I will, you know, look through emails every day and uh, you know, then again, get to get, get on social media, see what content needs to be done. Uh, I have a schedule that I've set up for how content is done from standpoint, National Girls in Sports Day. We have a mascot. I don't know if the Rams participate in that, Manny, the Panthers. So I did something graphic with him in the jungle and our background of our school and stuff. Uh, you know, again, trying to find time that if I'm really getting ahead of the next content, kind of like a broadcaster, play by play. Hey, Okay, I have a week off. There's two games. Why don't I get to see who's, you know, who the key people are? A lot of it's about getting ahead of time. And more or less my midday, you know, that's when normally there'll be a meeting or something that's going on. But pretty much it's 24-7 job, uh, job guys. And with remote work, you can really almost do it anywhere. Uh, I got married two weeks ago, so I had everything done in advance. But my day really starts at 7 o'clock. It sometimes doesn't end until 10, 11 o'clock. And if you have a commute in between, sometimes 2 in the morning. I mean, because you're really going into a, you know, really, guys, on a, on a site, it's an announcer. They always say talent should arrive, what, two hours before? Is that what you guys do, Ryan? Yeah, yeah. Okay. SID, uh, I'm there way before. Because, <laughs> uh, you know, if you're running the video stream, you want to make sure that's working so that doesn't go down. Uh, you want to make sure your stat programs are working, especially if two young, talented men like you are there. You want to make sure that you're able to pull up the sidearm live stats, Okay, so a lot of a lot of SID time, you're there really early. It's, it's a full day. And you really have to love sports. And the fact is, I really do. That's the thing. I mean, announcing, I think the biggest thing that killed the, the like, uh, the enjoyment, I love announcing games, guys, was just that I wanted to be so good every time. I think a lot of that was my FUV of always having really, really working hard and trying to top the next thing. As an SID, you really want to make sure that it's really about the organization. So I, I dealt with, I'll give you an example. I was hosting, we were hosting a regional championship at the previous schools at Monroe. Guys, I mean, the whole week, I'm preparing everything. I'm doing, I'm doing media guides. I'm driving back and forth to Staples, making sure, <laughs> getting credentials for that, making sure all the live stats, there's a, there's a thing where you, there's a, something in the statting system, the target, you got to make sure each school's like uh, login stuff's in there. This way people could follow it the whole game, making sure the, the stream's working. We had a problem with that <laughs> in the middle of our championship game. So really you're looking, you know, close to almost you know, 16 hour days, guys, sometimes if it during a championship, 
you don't sleep very much. And it always helps to have a great wife that I have who really can support and understand that. And I think that's just not SID. I think it's anything in the athletics field because your schedule doesn't matter to these people. Um, and I think ADs are getting better at it. I think they're understanding that, you know, scheduling, trying to help SIDs because a lot of people have left the business. Um, the pay is actually getting better because to be honest, the amount of time, but it, it, guys, it's a real serious, you know, just think about it, 15 to 16 hour days, a grind. And, you know, I, I love it, but you always said you have to, I get up early because you have to be on top of it. And it makes the, the sacrifices you have to make uh, for it. You know, I had the, uh, this year we had a scheduling conflict. So I had to move my wedding tasting because of it. Uh, you know, you have to, under, I'm just letting people know, I'm not discouraging anybody from doing it as well as play by play, but this business is fun. But, you know, I have a great partner. She supports me. She loves me. And, you know, that, that's the thing. 16, 16 hour days sometimes, guys. It's, it's fun, though. I love it. I can't wait to get back to work, getting all my sleep now. You mentioned being at Borough of Manhattan Community College as the SID. You stopped at Monroe in between. I'm curious what you learned at your time as the SID at Monroe Community College for the second go around with Manhattan Community College. Great question, Ryan. What did I learn? Uh, I, I really learned a lot more about uh, really the idea of a staff. I think it's, uh, you know, I, I, I'm not Bill Belichick, uh, but he had problems in Cleveland because I think he tried to take on a little too much or feel like you have to del you have to understand as an SID, I think understanding my budget, I never really had a budget at Monroe, uh, understanding what needs to be spent, what, what staff, the number of people like games. I think I learned that at Monroe because it was hard. They come out of the pandemic. They don't have the access to facilities. So they have to use the division one school. I was at the D three school. Uh, so that was tough. It's tough to get kids to, to commute there much easier at BMCC to kind of say, okay, we had a policy where kids where our, my students couldn't travel on a bus. So we're paying out of pocket costs for them at BMCC. I can sell that as student help to help stock things because I can travel with the team now because of COVID restrictions. So those little things and having people that help and kept and help with your back really helped me enormously. That in Monroe really showed me about YouTube and out, uh, broadcasting guys, uh, streaming, how to take care of that. So I learned a heck of a lot there at that place. And it's going to help me at the, the new place a lot, especially from a time management standpoint. Yeah, I don't have as many sports, but understand that this is kind of important. Get that done so you can move to the next task. Because I, I think that last job, I'm good with tasks, but sometimes when a thousand people are asking you things, you got to just stick to bazooka. And uh, this so far, it's, it's really helped me enormously. So, John, with with BMCC, you know, I read that, you know, you did a lot of work with their social media. You know, you raised their social media following quite a lot during your time there and still are. So I'm curious, what kind of tactics do you use? What strategies do you kind of use to strengthen your social media presence? Because I know we at FUV, like, we want to take notes on this because we're trying to do the same thing right now. So I'm very curious. Well, I'll tell you something. One thing I let you know about followers. I know yours are, are actual because sometimes BMCC will, will get our, the number doesn't always reflect it, but it will reflect in what we're doing. Uh, when I was there before I went to Monroe, you know, we had a pandemic and, and it was real again, no sports. Uh, and the other thing I did to really kind of drive engagement, well, I'll, I'll tell you, I started there. And I looked at the social media and I said to myself, well, every other, I looked at, first of all, starting saying, how am I going to model off other athletic programs? So as an SID, uh, I've done play by play for, hopefully it brings me back this year because I'd like to do some work there. <laughs> I'm more free. Uh, Alex Falk saw what he did when I took the job in July at Manhattanville. So I would do top 10 sports moments of the year. I started something along those lines. 
If I had some video, I'd put it into Adobe Premiere. That helped get a lot of viewership, especially the team was coming off another conference championship back-to-back -back men's basketball. That was huge. Got about 800 views on the video. And I more or less during the season really tried to have a lot of, you know, pregame behind the scenes stuff. Now, more or less that I've learned to put that in a story and I'll probably, I learned how to do reels while I was at Monroe, but that really drives, that really drives engagement. Like I'm excited for this season. I mean, to really go on that level, but we tried to really bring everything to a different level. So instead of a score graphic that has a kid knocking down a shot with the team winning, if I could get a really great shot, someone dunking or three or <laughs> walking off the court, that would go in. I'd just make a PNG file of the score tab make sure the JPEG photo is out of it and actually did that with a video in Premiere, cleaned it up, 1080p, cleanest, highest uh, way of doing it. And I'd post it. It would go crazy. People actually enjoy that. Uh, you know, again, if you're working at multiple sites, just make sure you have a good photo. But if I was there, that was what I was going for. And it really helped drive the engagement. And what you guys are doing, I'd say, keep doing these alumni things. If I were you, I mean, one thing I did when I did the Inside the Layer pod, uh, podcast or uh, just the video is that I made sure to cut but you don't have time for this, you guys, but this is just what I do. Uh, 40 seconds, at least, something good out of it. Because people's attention spans, when you think about social media, guys, Instagram uh, and Twitter. I mean, Facebook's really for the parents. Instagram's for guys like you. And then Twitter really is for everybody else. You want to get something around 30 to 40 seconds. So I would always find something cool. And if it was a story about the fact that a basketball team talked to Kobe Bryant and they had to run laps because <laughs> they ran into it at the subway, be a good tease to kind of get you into the episode. Um, so that was something I did with that. But really, during the pandemic, my guys, I was worried because I'm saying to myself, well, I'm in insurance. I don't know if that's going to happen. They're laying off a lot of people in corporate. But I really want this job. I really want to stay here. I'm, I'm Guys, I'm part time at this place. So it was a big jump leaving a salary to this, but it just fits better. And I am a jack of all trades. So back in 2020, I said, I got to find a way to drive engagement, and get followers. We don't have any sports. BMCC only competed before I got there this year. And really, if I could really tell it to you guys, two sports and men, they're co-ed for eSports, okay? But they really competed in men's basketball, tough season because they couldn't recruit the CUNY. And baseball, they've, they've struggled here. That was it. So the fact is, how do you really – I said to myself, i got to find a way to help the women's sports too. we got to balance out with Title IX. So I started, obviously, while I was quarantining in Maine with my uh, then-fiancé, now his wife, um, I, I did obviously, you know, uh, each, I do Tuesday, uh, something called Tuesday. I forgot what it was. Motivation Tuesday, some cool clips. I would do, you know, each week I try to drop a, a record, uh, you know, so a steals record, a rebound record. And that really drew engagement. That actually helped with followers uh, because my goal was really to say, well, I gotta tell you, you know, we may not have sports anymore. So I got to really know that when it comes back, people know what this program is about because, the end of the day, you know, Fordham, even though the pan there's a pandemic, guys, there's a lot of stuff to deal with with Fordham. You got Lombardi. You can always drop a Lombardi thing and people will watch it. Uh, you know, I don't, I, you know, again, I know, I don't know about how Joe Moore had ended <laughs> when he was your football coach there. That was a great hire by Fordham, by the way. But any, you know, you have so much history there, so much history that you could always drop something. The biggest thing I would tell you to build engagement, you're not going to have that at other schools. And I, and I really, my eyes was, my competitors, I want to make sure we're, beating them in the recruiting by knowing about the program. So player, you know, player stories, and it kept building and building, obviously getting on the trends, national sibling day and stuff like that. But especially I really targeted things that really mean stuff to the program. And that's why I did the inside the layer thing, because I said, we, we were not going to compete in the fall of 2021, 
at all uh, fall of 2020. So I said, I really better keep this program alive. We weren't gonna, I knew with the CUNY and what we were doing, we weren't going to have a season outside of esports. So by interviewing all those ex-players, allowed them to talk about their experiences at the school, brought the alumni back to following. We got a lot of alumni followers. You know, half the athletes, guys, didn't follow us on Instagram. Did I tell you that on Twitter? Huge uh-huh. social media followings, never did it. So that helped. Uh, and that led to other you know, things for their, their, their businesses and what they're trying to do. That was huge. That led to a follower. That was another thing of increasing followers uh, because it was hard guys during the season, at least at BFCC, uh, my goals hit 2000. I came in back here about 1310. We're at 1530. Now um, I'll probably get to 17, 1800. You got to understand if you don't have sports going on, you guys would know this. It's going to be hard to make a reel. What are you going to do? A reel of me typing on a computer. That's, that's a big way also to let you guys know, Reels help really draw engagement. People love that stuff, especially your era. But no, so that's kind of my goal. I didn't really know how to make a reel and couldn't at that time. So anything we could do, well, I also did something else. I had everyone in the athletic department. I zoomed. I didn't zoom it because I wanted better video quality. So I had them on their phone say, congratulations to our graduates. We did that. That was something else that was really cool that we did. Something I really want to continue to do uh, at BMCC and future schools. I think it's so important. I modeled a lot of what I did off what Notre Dame athletics does. I can't do everything they do, but something like that was kind of cool. Something and not every, and also thinking and not everyone's doing it. Some, somebody might do it. It's a copycat league as we like to call it our profession is that's idea, but that's what I did to gain, to gain engagement. And it got me the Monroe opportunity because I think people there really said, well, who else in the region is really doing this? And it's good. And I look forward to building it more this year. I mean, I finally at Monroe, as you mentioned before, what did I learn there? Well, I'll, I'll re-answer that question for you here. I mean, I learned a lot about how to improve my social media. The, re- the reels are huge. They're humongous for engagement. Now, I understand there's dimension 16 by 9. You have to make sure your video fits it. And that's the one thing from video to audio in my time from FPV that I've had to learn audio. Normally, there's a set way of how you're going to have it done. Um, but I've, I've, this year, I plan to do that with our, our, our game day. So instead of when I was starting at BMCC, to answer your question, Sam and Ryan, instead of having they do uh, BMCC, our coach is from Senegal. So it's uh, a lot of the kids are from the country of Africa, foreign students that come in. So they have a dance they do. And instead of, you know, uh, putting that in a short clip, which got massive amounts of hits, and now it's up to 1,200 views, uh, 1,300 views. OK, but I'll put that in the reel instead. So you play the music. Now you have rights to the music, which is good, thank God. You put a certain song in there for the for the pregame. It's cool. You can do that instead of you know having to worry. Oh God, I have to get this video up or this or that. That's something I learned at Monroe that was really important. I did that when I was in Minneapolis for the women's championship, and uh, that really kind of helped. So that's what I learned there at Monroe. And also, I'll tell you what else Monroe taught me too. Uh, you know about YouTube streaming. That's also about. You want to talk about engagement, Sam? Great question. BMCC tried to start uh, before I got there, but when I was at Monroe uh, Express, we, I just started the YouTube page there. So I did what I did at BMCC playlist, which you guys do just so huge to organizing anything. Uh, but we got more subscribers because people watch these live streams. So that's something where, you know, we picked up about, about 100 plus subscribers. And I started, I think, back in, in August. I think it's at 200 now. But BMCC went from like, guys, 15 to like 110, and I wasn't there. So people, knowing that people like a lot of this live stuff and they want to watch it is, you know, it's huge to building a brand. We're not going to be able to do live shows like you guys, your FEV is really great at doing, but figuring out and finding these little niches on how to build engagement is something I've learned at Monroe and definitely had to learn on the fly at BMCC. And now 
I know, and I'm excited to see what, what else is next. But for you guys especially, I mean, a, you know, I don't know about how cool a reel is, but I don't know. Try one day. Try doing a reel. You're heading to a broadcast. Heading to Rose Hill Gym. You know, I'm, I'll be honest with you. The gyms, they always want to expand it, the alumni. I don't know why. But, you know, you have a gorgeous campus there. Have you going by Eddie's, you know? <laughs> have you playing a song, you know, or something like that and walking in? Try it. I don't know if that's going to work, but that's what a lot of the college game's about today. Um, and especially, you know, something that we're trying to get some interns in to try to tell them to the team pages, you know, that's something that's important. So all of which I've learned. It's very funny you say that too, because Sam, I think just did a reel for the Mets game. He covered the other <laughs> got, what a few thousand views or something like that. I'm yeah. going to follow. I'm, gonna, I'm looking forward to that. I'm there looking to check it out. WFUV <laughs> sports Instagram. I didn't realize I'd be plugging my own, my own work here, but yeah, check it out. It's no, it's a great way to get, get views and stuff like that. It's, 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 it's huge. Definitely. Yeah, because you're the generation that I, I, I mean, I'm trying to figure out and target. I don't think it's a very hard generation to figure out. Uh, I, you know, again, my parents, I'm tired of hearing them talk. Like, oh, the Instagram generation. I'm like, yeah, and we have national name and likeness. And right now, female athletes are making more than the men because of influencing on Instagram. This was, on, this was an ESPN. I, I don't know the article. You know, the link's relevant to this with me. But, like, this is what I'm trying to tell you. Your generation is pretty easy to figure out. You, you find where the hits are and engagement. For me, the reels are really about recruiting. I look at it as a recruiting standpoint. There are a lot of rules in the NCAA. I mean, you know about official visits. You get five. But you have unofficial, which I think is ridiculous about the whole thing. But in JUCO especially, you know, it's a, it's a challenge because a lot of these kids are looking to go to a Fordham, looking to go to a Division One school. They don't even want to think about Division Two or Three with the things that those places can do. And there's good institutions here in New York that can do that. Um, so to me, it's, it's recruiting that, oh, there's a cool reel of this dance I'm going to be a part of. That's what I saw in doing it, guys. And that's why I do it. That and, you know, hey, I mean, I, I got to check out your reel, Sam. I got to look at the new you press box. check it out. At City, so I will be looking at it. <laughs> Appreciate that. <laughs> so along the same scope of the social media stuff, I saw that you, you know, you played a big role in building that website. It's because we're building a website right now for FUV Sports, trying to enhance that. So Wondering if you had any advice, any tips or things that we should be looking at to drive up that engagement as we're talking about. Sure. Um, do you, are you guys using Sidearm? What, what, yeah, Sidearm. Love them. Um, I, I wanted to meet with one of the heads of them in Vegas. Couldn't, uh, you know, at, the, at this convention. Well, I'll tell you one thing I look for. Um, I took, when I was, uh, I went to a two-year learning disabled school in Vermont, and I took a web design course. So I learned a lot from that class. I don't know HTML language, but I learned one thing. Cleaner is better, at least to help your uh, your viewers. So, you know, I would look for your tabs being easy, like, you know, live, listen live. I think that works because normally I'm sure your archives, I'm not sure what you use now. It was stretch internet when I was there. Uh, I'm not sure if you use another, again, another provider, but that's obviously like the FUV thing. I would look at that, listen live. You just kind of make sure you categorize everything. I would even put, you know, interest in how to join on there. So I put that under yeah, something, that's exactly something else. Really. I mean, but keep, you know, the, keep the tabs simple, easy. I know you guys know that stuff. It'll be great. Um, you know, really look into some, see what the budget is for what you're going to go in with Sidearm. I mean, they will allow you to redesign things. Uh, I finished right now BMCC, a design for our page. So I did a sample in uh, Adobe Photoshop. I'm not showing on the screen because it looks goofy, but I just did something simple uh, about the school. We have uh, the World Trade Center is right there. So I had a shot that I took a photo of the World Trade Center and a shot at BMCC's campus. There's this big silver structure that looks really cool. Both I put on the side and I said, okay, 
And here's a head, here's a good article photo, something that's you can put in the background that kind of shows the school. I think WFUV, I mean, if you could get the studio, I would say put Eddie's and uh, what, what is it, Keating Hall? Is that is that yep. the on your can? Well, gotta get it right the alumni people. Don't want them to be mad. Of course, yes. Uh, but that's a hell of a shot. I mean, that works, you know. So I, I wanted to also, it's not just about the content, it's about really showing your institution, whether it's a college, WFUV, um, you know, Sidearm provides those things. And, you know, I'm really looking forward to it. I didn't know I was going to be part of that coming back to BMCC, the website reboot. But we're doing a lot of things differently right now. I mean, I, I you know, anything you can kind of put on there, but keep, in my opinion, keep the tabs as organized as possible. Don't have too many. And, uh, you know, that's all I, all I would tell you. You know that, and I'm, I gotta tell you, but I've loved what I've seen. I'm looking forward to seeing this WFUB site. I'm gonna promote it because I love it. So, um, but it's fun. The whole rebranding is just kind of to find what you have. I think too, Sidearm also offers you chances for video stuff and audio. I think you guys could make it really good. I mean, for me, I was just trying to sell the school. So, and I think I did a good enough job on that. You know, understand your expectations too when you're trying to drive engagement. I mean, to me, that's, you know, I'm at a junior college here in City College in New York. I mean, you know, if, if Eric Adams, he's shown up at our school a lot, he's at one of these basketball games, okay, maybe we'll, we'll get that on a page or two, uh, you know, but I'm, I think, think about your audience. I think from you guys, I think you should take, kind of model it from a recruiting standpoint, how beautiful the campus is. And then I can't wait to see what you guys think. Of. I'm actually looking forward that you're doing this, guys. Thanks for letting me know. John, thank you so much for, for, uh, for promising to check that out. Super excited. I just got one more question for you here. For your plan going forward uh, with BMCC, with your own career, I'm very curious, what is kind of the next steps for you? What I mean, obviously, you just said, you know, you're recently married, so I'm sure you got a ton of stuff going on right now. But is there any thoughts of the future? What's the next steps for you going forward in the career? Well, it's, it's, I told you guys before, you, you, you'd asked me about my time at FUV. I wanted to be the next uh, Doc Emmerich. Well, now, more or less behind the scenes, I think it's something you guys asked me, something I really learned. Being behind the scenes is something I really enjoy. I just love the talk of it. So I'd like to be an athletic director. And that's the best way to break in. People have told me as a sports information director. I never really thought that until I met a few people. That's where I'd like to be in my future. And I think a lot of my FUV and broadcast experience helps with that. Uh, from a standpoint, a lot of these, a lot of people, at least in the lower levels, I'm not talking like Division One here, but people should understand this in Division One too, especially at the one AA or whatever FCS sub level, whatever they're calling, that's football. But you need to understand how a lot of this is done to a standpoint of setting up your operation from a media standpoint. So for me, knowing that about cameras, how much everything costs. So if I could, I, I could sit down with my SID and say, let's do this X, Y, and Z that works, okay? And maybe we can, you know, find a way you know, understanding about costs, you know that about equipment. I learned that, I've learned that very much as an SID, uh, opposed to, you know, I think that's just so crucial. When you know all the equipment, coming from FUV, I understand what things cost, it's helped me enormously. It'll help you to get what you want too. It'll help you to expand your budget, you know, and there are so many things people want to spend on that I find to be, you know, kind of ridiculous when you could get it, you could do that. And sometimes it isn't even a cost. So I'd like to be an athletic director of I have a master's degree, as you saw my resume from Fairleigh Dickinson. So I know a lot of the NCAA rules, but you have to understand the office too. And I think I've started to learn that. I mean, to be honest with you, one thing about SID, you can't say yes to everything. I think sometimes that's a tough thing people have. So, you know, you have to understand how to kind of politically kind of deal with coaches and stuff. And I think interviewing them from a Tom Coughlin, who would always walk off the podium when I was with the Giants, I never said anything offensive to him. Uh, always ask a question, you just walk away. 
or, uh, you know, dealing with uh, Joe Dumars giving me a bad look or something to a guy who enjoyed talking to me was just one of the, the, um, the New York Dragons coaches. I've learned what, what to say to coaches, but now I know I'm not asking a question about the team, the roster, or a graphic or a recruit. You got to kind of also figure out what their personality is. And that also is going to come into how I interview when you interview new coaches. So all of that all started at FUV and it all comes together. And then it's about filing that out and knowing where to go from your experience to uh, get that level. And I'm working towards getting there. So that's where I would like to be down the road. And uh, hopefully we get some young, talented student broadcasters like you. If I hear someone's interested in starting that, I'm saying I'm all ears. Let's have a cup of coffee. John Kelly Jr., 2009 Fordham grad. John, thank you so much for all the kind words at FUV. You know, your time there as well. Thanks so much for taking the time to be with us today. Thank you, Sam. Thank you, Ryan. Keep up the good work. Really appreciate it. There you have it. John Kelly Jr. here, Ryan. A great interview. I mean, just every time we interview someone about FUV, you always hear so much, so amazing, great things. And that was the same with John. I mean, just awesome to hear his perspective, his time at FUV and what he's doing now as well. Just really a great interview to sit down with John. You could really tell, Sam, how much he loved WFU. Oh, yeah. That's what really warmed my heart, honestly, because someone who's toward a launch of this place really appreciate everything this place has done for me. You can tell he has those same feelings, hearing the stories of covering spring training, arena football, whatever it may be. He loved this place, and I think that at the end of the day is what's most important. That's what this podcast is all about, connecting us who are going through these processes with the people who are there before us so just a great interview overall yeah i don't know about you ryan but i was also you know like i said in the interview kind of taking notes here about what he's been doing you know with social media i think a lot of really interesting and helpful uh stuff for us at fuv to kind of promote our content some really interesting things he's been able to do because kind of in a similar scenario really just trying to build a presence um is something that it seems like he's done very well over there at bmcc and something that i think we will definitely take note of here at fuv yeah, what we talked about is kind of a hybrid interview slash workshop where obviously we're picking his brain and everything, but he's given us great tips. And the reels thing too is so funny because you've been harping on that. You've been so big on that for him to replicate <laughs> that. It, it shows you know what you're talking about, Sam. I mean, yeah, it was like a little bit of a pat on the back there because I was like, all right, you know, if the, I, I know that these work really well. I was really glad to hear him say that. It was definitely uh, nice to hear but that is john kelly jr 2009 fordham grad sam davis ryan gregor this is the off the air podcast a production of wfuv sports